You're listening to Inside the Outdoors, presented by People for Bikes and the Outdoor Industry Association, where we discuss the latest market trends in outdoor recreation. And now, here are your hosts, Kelly Davis and Patrick Hogan. Hey everyone, welcome back for another episode of Inside the Outdoors. I'm your host, Patrick Hogan. In this episode, Kelly and I review recent research on bicycle industry experts' market sentiment. How did bicycle industry experts think the overall market and their specific organization fared over the past year? What do they expect from the market over the next year? And what are the biggest threats and opportunities for the bicycle industry over the next 12 months? Let's get into it. Every six months or so, People for Bikes runs our bicycle industry confidence survey. So it's it's based on the Wall Street Journal's CEO survey. It's like the simplest survey ever. How do you feel like the industry has been doing? How do you think it's going to do over the next year? How do you think your company has been doing? How do you think your company is going to do next year? And this is really interesting. I, I see you making a face because I, like, I, I want it. I'm like, I should be doing that, honestly. You know, it, we should have been doing it earlier, too. It, it It's the simplest survey for us to run every six months. It just goes out January and, and July, I think. And it just helps us gauge sentiment within the industry. But what's really interesting is like mapping it against observed sales trends because we we know like how the market is performing we know that the market has grown or it's contracted we know that categories have you know been been on an upward trajectory or some categories in a bike have you know been on a slow but downward trajectory but what's most important is how we think we're doing you know bikes really interesting because we're in this phase of the market where where unit sales are really down for a lot of categories but dollars are really up because the average selling price has grown so much and like you know we saw some huge bumps in 2020 when you know the price of a container increased by tenfold or something to, to get products here from asia and and the selling prices for bikes haven't gone down the margins are still the same at the retail level i see you making a face what's your question my question is is somebody at a at what point does a new entrant into the market at the lower price point have an impact on the market. Is there opportunity there? Oh, yeah, 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 for sure. And I think we see that in e-bike a lot. There's a lot of competition for that entry-level price point because there's a lot of market share to be had right there. We have our electric bike curious study that we produced that's available to members or available for sale to non-members. And it describes the, the population of folks who are interested in buying an electric bike but haven't done so yet. The way that it's presented is really interesting. It's like, you know, why are you interested? What's kept you from buying so far? What is it you're looking for? And then finally at the end, th- these are all folks who are who are interested in buying a bike, some of which are skewing really far towards like, I'm about to buy a bike. I just haven't pulled the trigger yet. You know, like there's just one last thing. I just need to save a little bit more or something. You know, this isn't some like some group that's like, oh yeah, you know, sure. I'm, I'm I might one day buy an e-bike. They've determined that they're interested in buying an e-bike within the next two years. And when asked about their intended purchase price, it's like sub a thousand dollars, you know? So it's like super entry level price points for, for e-bikes. And there's a lot of share to be had there with folks that want a quality product. So I think that's where we see that competition the most, but all that to say that a, a lot of other categories have seen declining unit sales, but increasing dollar sales as a result of increased cost of input for the products that are making their way to market. And so it, there's a lot of different feelings going around the industry about how we're doing, you know, like 
the the dollars are still coming in, but units are way down, and that there's a huge bottleneck of units sitting at the brand level that aren't making their way to dealers because the dealers have what they need. They're not they're not buying anything else. They're not going to accept any more risk. So running this industry confidence survey in January of 24 has been really interesting. We know that the 2023 market was down. We don't have December retail sales data yet, but January through November, everything's been uh, down dollar-wise. Yeah. Um, yeah, but but that's to be expected, right? 2020 was the biggest year we've ever seen. It was it was 9.1 billion dollars of retail sales for bikes, parts, accessories, apparel, and service in 2020. 9.1 billion. So about six billion was was the norm before in in pre-pandemic years. We'll call it 16 through 19. Okay. 2021, the second year of the pandemic, we went from 9.1 to 9 billion, and then in 22, it was it was closer to eight. Maybe seven and a half. Now I'm second guessing myself. But in 2023, we were we were down. Uh, look, we're still up over 19, but it's down um, from our our peak in the um, 2020 and 2021 markets. So, thinking about the bicycle industry as a whole, do you, survey respondent, think sales have increased, remained the same, or decreased during the past 12 months compared to a year ago? 80% said decreased. 13% said about the same. Seven percent said increased. I don't know who those increased folks are. You do this anonymously, I would imagine. It's all anonymous, yeah. The trick here is that we we try to make sure that we don't have multiple respondents from an individual organization, but there's no way to really make sure. But so we had th- this is a small sample, about sixty folks responded, a little over sixty folks okay. um, from throughout the industry. It's hard sometimes to survey these industry folks because they're you're trying to catch them at their day job. And this is not necessarily a part of their day job. So so trying to get folks to prioritize this is a little bit difficult sometimes. But thinking about 60 industry leaders in a room answering these questions, if we were to do it in person, like, yeah, that's actually, that's a substantial little focus group that we have for, I think there's six questions in here. What other questions? Just, okay. Do you expect that sales will increase, remain the same or decrease over the next 12 months? So for for the duration of 2024. The majority, 56%, think it's going to stay the same. I figured. And, and that's what we think, too. You know, like we, we do our work with S&P Global to forecast retail unit sales. And we do that for bikes, sort of as a bellwether for the rest of the industry. We think that 24 is going to be up, you know, a little bit, but not up a whole lot. We think it's up mostly in electric bikes, a little bit in kids' bikes, and like, honestly, probably pretty flat, maybe up a teeny bit in adult non-electric bikes, as 23 could probably be the low point you know and and that's the dip after the peak and then we could come up and we could find our plateau and sort of hit some business as usual between 22 and 23 somewhere in there yeah i hear you i mean i've been doing a lot of all of the things being equal you know just considering that other variables in the economy will be consistent and it depends yeah. on which category now to you're talking about there's some categories that are that are doing better than others for instance paddle sports is hurting a little bit so if you've got um, a significant investment in equipment, that's I'm, I'm correlating that with uh, a bit of a downturn in sales in November specifically mm-hmm. across outdoor and across outdoor. I mean, we're, it was we were down in November, and it depends on whether you look at it on a 12 month rolling basis or November to November. For the 12 month rolling, market's down 1.9. So it's it's you know I'm I think it's it's most interesting to look at sales by category at that point and see 
what's really dragging sales down and what isn't. And like you said, yeah. there are a lot of categories where, you know, dollars sold continue to be healthy, where units sold is down significantly. I think that's yes. first to watch because there is opportunity there. Um, there's opportunity for new entrants at, at specific price points that aren't being covered right now that consumers mm -hmm. are probably looking for. Um, and yeah, we'll see. We'll see if, if, you know, the high prices for certain types of hard goods will continue to be high and not sustainable as, as you know, the uh, most popular yeah. for those brands. You know what question I've gotten a lot and, and I haven't been able to answer yet is, are we seeing the average selling price increase as a result of the price of an individual product, like a specific product increasing, or is it the result of customers moving from an entry-level product to a mid-tier product, or maybe from a mid-tier product to a, a premium product? And I, I think it's both, but but I can't tease it out with the aggregated category level, level data that I have. So that's something that I'm interested in pursuing is, is better understanding if it's the result of scarcity or if it's the result of inflation. To what degree it's the result of both of those? Because it is going to be the result of both of those. We should absolutely do that. I mean, as as I as I dig deeper into the retail data and dig a little bit deeper into consumer intelligence, you know, I am finding some interesting behavioral trends, and I'm not sure, you know, how much is pressure from the economy, especially housing and food yeah. increases, and you know, how much is just we already the consumer has already bought the specific piece of equipment in the past five years and or maybe the past 10 years. I think it would be really interesting to see if the length of replacement, like the replacement cycle of equipment isn't lengthening. Oh yeah, you know, I, I'm certain that's happening in bike because we see this technology gap where like, you know, you, you could be buying a new mountain bike every year in the 80s or 90s and like you're constantly making improvements in technology, right? There's there's huge leaps that we're making in suspension and shifting and all that. Get out of here. That's it's huge leaps. <laughs> I um, mean, seriously, how much has a bike changed in 200 years? I'm just going to say it. Kelly, <laughs> Kelly. But, yeah, you know, I, I think that there's a certain amount of technological advancement where you sort of like plateau on the need. Like that, that marginal improvement in technology doesn't really get a lot of folks to make that next purchase. You know, like we, we have electronic shifting. That's outstanding that's it for a lot of folks, you know, like for, they, they don't need to replace their bike every three to five years. Maybe they're now every six to eight years because they're like, it, you know, made a pretty sizable investment in this. And I think that it does everything I could possibly imagine I'd want to do. So that next technological advancement has to be like pretty doggone motivating. Yeah. I think it'd be really interesting to see that cycle and include um, accessory upgrades as you, as you move along and how that might mm. affect your your uh, replacement cycle so for instance yeah you know i i've i've got a santa cruz i recently slapped on uh eagle xt or mm -hmm. whatever yeah. whatever shram's um highest level is in, on the drivetrain i mean the bike's probably 17 years old now but i'm gonna do that my next move is is you know to replace the front suspension i i just i yeah that's what i can afford to do you know? we saw we saw a lot of folks doing that during the pandemic when there was a real scarcity of bicycles, yeah. of complete bicycles. We saw that parts for upgrades instead of like parts for repairs and replacement became a huge part of the market and, and sort of like filled the gap where complete bikes, a lack of complete bikes might leave someone empty handed. A, a lot of dealers are going like, well, hang on. Let's think about like making that um, that existing bike that you have feel like a new bike and, and yeah. we can really get this up to where you want it to be and, and hit 
you know, whatever target weight or performance or whatever it is, feel comfort. That that was a big part of it. And I, you know, I think that if prices remain high, that could be a big part of the market moving forward too. It could be. And I, I mean, I keep going back to this, but service, 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 especially That's for the huge. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I, yeah. Could probably keep, I could probably put out a shingle tomorrow and keep a tech busy, just change it, just repairing flat tires for the next year. <laughs> I'm serious. There's a lot of business to be done doing like um, on-demand service, you know, like rolling around town in a van, coming to someone's yeah. house, going like, let's let's break down the barrier of you having to go to a shop. I'm going to bring my shop to you and we can do everything. You don't have to worry about, you know, leaving it for a week or something. Um, I'll be in and out and you'll have your completed repair or maintenance or whatever it is. My mobile bike guy, you want to shop. Yeah, yeah. Decide to shut the shop down and do exactly what you're talking about. But he so hates my e-bike. So hates it. Well. <laughs> <laughs> and like I call him up and he's like, is it the e-bike? I'm like, yeah. Oh. My mechanic feels that way about my truck, but that's a whole different story. Yeah. So I, I want to get back to the survey. So thinking about your company specifically, do you, the survey respondent, think that sales have increased decreased or remain the same over the past 12 months, right? So the first question was, thinking of the industry as a whole, how do you think we did over the past 12 months? Next question, let's consider the next 12 months. How do you expect this to change? 56% said remain the same, right? 16% said decrease, 28% said increase. 28% are optimistic about 2024. And I, I dig that because I think there are a lot of categories that we think might be similar to 23. There are some that we think might dip, but you know, like I said, S and is predicting minimal growth, like growth in E, growth in kids. But it's interesting that the sentiment from our industry leaders is that, for, from at least twenty eight percent of our industry leaders in the sample, is that it's going to increase. So, I like the optimism. Me too. Interestingly, coincidentally, that was about the same as the optimism about the season in my little oh, drop. for cross country last week. Yeah, thirty percent were optimistic. I wonder if we find. It. If we looked across surveys that in any given circumstance, 30% of people are optimistic. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good question. It is. Yeah. You know, um, I, I've read a lot about response biases and, and how individuals will respond either overly optimistic or overly pessimistic to, in, in general, to questions about, you know, on a scale of one to 10, how is your experience? And, and a lot of folks myself included, I skew towards the high end of that because I like to be a positive person. And I'm like, I'm an eight, nine or 10 out of 10 sort of person. It takes a lot for me to give a three or a four, you know? Yeah. But other folks are on the other end of that spectrum, right? And and it's, yeah, I don't want to say pessimistic, but it's, it's maybe a, like a lack of the optimism that drives you to the high end of that scale. Interestingly, in your survey, the way, the the order of your question, like this is, it's always important. This and Everything about a survey is engineered. Just so everybody knows, I mean, this is this. Oh, is, yeah. this is what we do. This is based on your cognitive patterns. But what one of the things that I noticed that you did in that survey is you actually anchored them, because in the mm -hmm. first question you're saying, "How was this year?" And those are specific results. They can find those on their financials, right? They can look yeah. at their PL and go, mm, "Okay, well, it was down." But when you ask them about the next year and the next question, you've actually anchored them in whatever feeling they had about this year before they answer next year's question. In fact. The optimism is even more interesting, given that you anchored them in in a snapshot that was less pessimistic or less optimistic than their their future perspective. So just to be clear, that's about the whole industry, right? So that's 
think about the industry as a whole. How do we do? Think about the industry as a whole. How do you think you know the whole group is going to do next year? So let's let's take it into the individual organization because I think this is really interesting. Yeah. Thinking about your company specifically, have sales increased, remain the same, or decreased over the past year? 58% said their org decreased over last year compared to 80% said the whole industry decreased, right? So if you look at it that way, yeah, a lot of folks feel like their company fared better than the rest of the industry, right? Which Which is telling, you know? But again, I think that that optimism is what's needed to get through a slump like we've had in 23 and to buy into the message that it's going to be better in 24 and it's going to be a lot better in 25. I mean, I might have a comment, but I'm dying to know what the results of the next question are. Do you think that your individual organization's sales will increase, remain the same, or decrease over the next 12 months? Half said increase. I I, I love it. That's I dig awesome. It. Yeah. Only only 12% said decrease. So That's the remaining 39-ish percent, 38, 39% said it was going to remain the same, which I, I still feel is optimism. You Me know, too. that's greater than we saw in the whole industry expectation for the next 12 months. And it it shows that I think a lot of the folks in our industry are trying to be innovative in how they approach the next 12 months, you know, and their expectation of their own company's ability to make it through the slump that we had in 23 is greater because they think that they've got a solution to make it happen. I like that. I like I like hearing that. Do you collect any open-ended responses? Yeah, we do. So, so the next question is, what categories do you think will grow in the next 12 months compared to now in dollars? And and there's, you know, three, I think three open-ended responses to this question because you get three different categories you can respond. I'll tell you now, it's all e-bikes or kids' bikes. It's all e-bikes, right? And that's that's to be expected because it was a category that was growing before the pandemic. I think it was accelerated during the pandemic and we're going to see it continue to grow as we're on this upward trajectory. And kids' bikes, I think that they have the shortest replacement cycle of any bike category. And so we we do expect to see a lot of folks returning to the market. I don't yet have December data um, to see how we did for the holiday shopping season for kids' bikes, because that's really big, especially in the rest of market side for all of our mass dealers. That's really big for them. So yeah, th- those two categories, E and kids, are where we think we're going to see growth. And then the top industry-related concerns. And so that's that's the last question that we ask, and that's we end on this bummer of a question. But Anyone who's been watching the bike industry knows that discountings can be a big challenge, that there's a lot of deals to be had for the consumers because a lot of brands just need to get rid of stuff, right? And and so that leads to the other concern that folks answered, and which is inventory. You know, it, it's two sides of the same coin. There's there's too many bikes in inventories, and so we've got to get them out somehow. So that's it. That's that's how we think the industry is gonna do. Um, over the next 12 months. And and so again, you know, we'll, we'll field it in July and we'll, we'll do like a little mid-year analysis. How do you think we're going to do the next 12 months from July to July? Yeah. It, it, it's interesting to see how folks compare their performance at an individual org over the industry's performance. It's always yeah. fun to read these. It really is. And understanding that inside outside perspective, really, yeah. Yeah. really important, but I love the opt-ins and they're, they're really good signals in that data. Yeah, so we're going to have, I, I'm doing a report right now on this. We're going to trend it against previous iterations of the study so we can sort of track how sentiment has been changing over the course of the, the research. But What if you name uh, the sentiment tracker? You got to name it something, Patrick. I'm going to start calling it Patrick's sentiment. 
I'm serious. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, you know, as an economist, I think the the general rule of thumb is that we get to name things after ourselves, right? We're infamous yeah. for doing such. Absolutely, um, that. the Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I can't take credit for starting this, but it, it, it'll be interesting to see how this compares to previous years' uh, results. Where it's interesting to take a critical look at the industry and and an individual's organization, because, like I said, you know, we we have the observed data. We know how the retail market did. But what's important is how we feel about it. I, I'm not going to say it's more important, but I think it's an important factor to consider is how we think we're doing. No doubt. Well, that's just this is why economics is a social science. Yes, ah, I love that, it. That, that is always a backhanded dig from a mathematician. I don't care. I, I'll take it. I like it. I'd rather be that. It's than true. People aren't rational. Yeah. And in fact, um, sentiment is often more more important than the actual the actual results and outcomes that we see in the wider economy. And we can see that, yeah. you know, in, in the political discourse right now, there, there, there are groups of people that think that the economy's in basically the worst it's ever been. There are people that are looking at the data and saying, wait a minute, you know, GDP is this and inflation is that, but the people that have feelings that about that are negative can drive the economy in a different direction. Yeah. Depending on their position. But yeah, I've always thought that sentiment was super important. I cover the sentiment index. I, I like that. I also like looking at the Institute for Supply Management's index where they're asking manufacturers some of the same questions you're asking and using that to to get it to take the temperature of That's the it. consumer. And it's so important. I'm so glad you're doing this for bike. That is amazing. And I think I'm just Hey, maybe you won't take credit for it, but I, you know, maybe I'll just keep giving you credit for it. If you want to steal it, you could take credit for outdoor. You know, you could, anyone out there could easily replicate this for their industry or for their customers, for their participants. We are about to embark on a very deep benchmarking study in which we're looking at financial benchmarks and operational benchmarks. And I think that this, this is probably a good add in to operational and one that we can keep going every six months, just like you're doing. I think it's a fantastic idea. I love it. It's easy. Cool. Well, we'll talk, we'll talk again in six months when we have another study to, uh, to review. We'll see how the optimism turns out. I mean, you've, you've been doing the study for a while. How, how well does it track with, um, the actual market when you look at the data? So how does, how well does sentiment track with actual market results in bike? I'm going to let that be answered by the report that I'm writing for our members. So everything that we talked about here is that's, yeah, you get that for free. I mean, our, our members have a pretty good grasp of what the whole market's doing. Right. I I think that we have a lot of industry publications that cover it pretty, pretty well between the people for bikes work and between everything that's published in, in brain and other outside outlets. I was just wondering like when your webinar on obfuscation might occur, is that going to (laughs) happen? Get out of here. (laughs) Thanks for listening to Inside the Outdoors, presented by People for Bikes and the Outdoor Industry Association. We'll see you next time.